0: Hey, listeners, before we get to this episode of Problem Solvers, here is a word from our sponsor. Entrepreneurs are problem solvers by nature. But when you're solving complex business issues, the last thing you and your team need are technology hassles. That's why with the Galaxy Book lineup, Samsung set out to make a PC that helps you reclaim the workday, eliminating distractions and empowering you and your team to focus on the big picture. Invest in your workplace. Invest in your future. Upgrade to Galaxy Book, the PC that helps modern businesses go further. Explore the whole range at samsung.com slash galaxybookforwork. And now on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. I have this theory about how to grow a career fast, how to skip a whole bunch of steps, how to evolve past whatever your starting point is and discover huge new opportunities and turn yourself into things that you had never considered that you would even be able to do or that you even knew you could do or that you knew was available or whatever. Anyway, it's called Work Your Next Job. And on this episode, I'm going to dive deep into what Work Your Next Job means and how to do it and how it has helped me. But You know, as I was planning to do this episode, it occurred to me, I know how I worked my next job and I have told the stories of how I worked my next job so many times but I've never actually stepped back and just explicitly asked other people how they worked their next job. I mean, sure, they may not have had that language. I came up with that language and maybe they didn't even do it intentionally or consciously. I mean, I realized that at the very beginning of my career, I wasn't really intentionally doing it either. I didn't have a philosophy behind it. I was just doing something. And later on, I figured out what it was. Anyway, I thought it would be really helpful to hear other people's stories in addition to my own. On this episode so that you can hear how Work Your Next Job plays out in so many different ways and can transform so many careers. So I put a call out to my Instagram followers, I think. I am at hey Pfeiffer. if you're not following me, at H-E-Y-F-E-I-F-E-R. I do this kind of thing from time to time, just ask for feedback and stories, and maybe I include them in a podcast or magazine or something else. Anyway, so I asked for stories of people working in their next jobs, and I got such a wonderful range of them. Just really powerful stories. Like,
1: I knew that I needed to develop skills for a job that I wanted, not the one that I had. I will say that it, it's helped
2: rebuild confidence that I didn't realize I had lost. I felt
3: like I was drinking from a fire hose because it was so much information to learn.
0: And don't worry, in just a minute, you will hear the full stories from all of those women. But I am sure you are wondering by now, what is work your next job? What does it mean? So let me tell you, in front of you, in front of me, in front of those women you just heard, in front of everybody listening to this show right now, you, we, have two sets of opportunities. Opportunity set A, opportunity set B. Opportunity set A is everything that's asked of you. You go to work, you have a boss, that boss has expectations, you have tasks to fulfill, those are opportunity set A. You want to do good at that stuff, of course, because otherwise you don't have a job. Or if you started your own company, of course, opportunity set A are all the things that you have to do to grow This company, all the things that your customers expect, all the things that your employees expect. Anyway, all of that is opportunity set A. You wake up, somebody expects you to do a good job at something, you do the job. Opportunity set B is everything that's available to you, but that nobody is asking you to do. Maybe that's something at your current job. Maybe these are new responsibilities that you could take on or new things to explore, but maybe they're things outside your job. Maybe it's just something that you could learn, something that you could build yourself, whatever it is it is available to you. Nobody is asking you to do it. That is opportunity set B. And my belief is that opportunity set B is always more important. And the reason for that is because if you only focus on opportunity set A, then you will always only be qualified to do the thing that you're already doing. But opportunity set B is where growth is. That is where you transform yourself. And you can do it on the side. You can do it when you just, have a little free time. You can do it whenever, but I am telling you, you do it. You do not know what the ROI is at the beginning, and then it will pay off in all sorts of unbelievable ways. That is working your next job. And how do you actually do it? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How do you focus in on opportunity set B? And then how does that transform you? Well, that is what I wanna share in the rest of this episode. We're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, I'm gonna share some of my own stories, as well as, of course, the people that you just heard a moment ago that I played little clips of. We're gonna dig into it all. By the end of this, you will see. I feel you will be totally convinced that if you are not following Opportunity Set B right now, it is time to start. Anyway, it's all coming up after the break. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you are all alone, especially when things aren't going great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know that you are not alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you've worked so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash small business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode of Problem Solvers is being presented by State Farm. All right, we're back. So before we get into examples of working your next job, let's talk for a moment about why it's an important concept. The reason I think is because sometimes people feel like the way to get ahead is simply to get in line, right? To show up, to learn how to do something, whatever the task is, and then do it And then you will advance. People will notice that you've done a good job and that will create some kind of momentum and something, 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 wave your hand, suddenly you've got a bigger job and you're making more money and whatever. And I have just honestly never found that to be true. I mean, that's not to say, of course, that doing a good job doesn't matter. It totally matters. But let's remember what we're up against here. What we're up against is a line. The gravity is towards the line, which is to say that you... If you don't do anything, you will be pulled into this line, this line of people who are just waiting and slowly advancing. And maybe one person higher up gets a promotion, and then everybody in the line moves up a little bit, whatever it is, right? I mean, that's a kind of corporate vision, but it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's some line that you would naturally sit in, and the gravity is towards the line. And I don't think that we want to be sitting in the line. The line moves too slow. If you stay in the line, you may advance a little bit, but you ain't going to advance that far that fast. And that, for me, is unacceptable. And I imagine that if you're listening to this show, that it's unacceptable for you, too. And so how do we advance the line? Well, the answer is that we have to start building ourselves into the kinds of skilled people who have the stuff that is desired higher up in the line, (laughs) right? Or you say, screw the line, I'm going to build my own line, because... I'm not interested in whatever it is that you guys are interested in. We could do any of that, but you can't do that if you're just sitting around waiting to be discovered. And I feel like so many people ultimately are expecting to be discovered. They feel like if they just do a good job doing the things that they're supposed to do, opportunity set A, then somebody is going to come along and say, aha, you are fantastic. I want you for whatever. And that's what I thought, honestly, at the very beginning of my own career. I mean, this is where work your next job originates. I graduated college and I wanted to be a newspaper reporter and I wanted to work at like the largest publications I could possibly get my hands on, right? I wanted to work at the New York Times and the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, whatever. But I didn't have any connections there. And frankly, I wasn't skilled enough to be there. And so I started where I could, which was the Gardner News, 6,000 circulation at the time, daily newspaper in North Central Massachusetts, covering what I felt like was nothing. Like nothing was happening. And I went and I tried to do a really good job and hitting the streets and I'm checking in with the mayor and I'm checking in with the cops and I'm writing the feature stories. But eventually I came to realize something. And that was that if I wanted to work at the New York Times, nobody at the New York Times, nobody, nobody was ever going to pick up my little paper and read my little feature on the middle school play and say, we got to call that kid. We're going to get that kid in the newsroom right now. He's got to be on National. Like that, that's never gonna happen. I had to go to them. And that meant that I had to learn new skills and I had to become better. I I had to challenge myself. I had to put myself in a in a in a kind of pressure situation. So I quit the job. I sat in my bedroom for nine months in this tiny little town that I lived in at the time, literally next to a graveyard. And I started cold pitching. And in the process, I just started teaching myself how to do certain things that you know, I didn't know how to do before, different styles of writing and ways of contacting editors and networking and all the things that turned out to be really useful later. And eventually I did get a story in the New York Times and it did start to propel me. And I feel like the reason that I am where I am right now is because I had pushed myself to learn the kinds of things that I would never have learned at that little newspaper. And look, you don't have to quit a job in order to do this. I mean, one more quick example for me actually comes out of what brings us together right now, which is podcasting. I started podcasting years ago. It wasn't this show. This was the second show that I created. The first show, it still exists, and I hope you listen to it. It's called Build for Tomorrow. But here's the thing. I was working at this other magazine job, and I thought, you know, it would be interesting to start a podcast and actually wait we can rewind even further i'm working at this magazine job i'm working at fast company and my job there was to be a print magazine editor i was hired to write and edit stories for the print magazine that was my background that is what i was supposed to do and opportunity set a was to show up and do that but then fast company developed a video team and you know they were going to make daily weekly videos and making all sorts of videos for the website and nobody asked me to be part of this team. Nobody said you have to do this. But I thought, you know, I think that it would be valuable if I learned how to be really good on camera. And so I said, hey, let me work with you guys. And we came up with some stuff. I started doing some on-camera work. And in the process of doing that, I had access to this great video director over there who gave me all sorts of valuable tips on how to speak more engaging and how to keep eye contact with the camera and how to move and all this stuff that was just really useful. And I thought, I don't know, what, what what's what's going to happen because of this? Am I going to get a TV show? I don't know, but I'm just gonna keep doing it. And what happened? Well, I did not get a TV show. Not yet, at least. If anybody wants to give me a TV show, here I am, get in touch. But what did happen is that I got so comfortable on camera and I got so comfortable speaking in this engaging on-camera, on-microphone way, that a few years later, two important things happened. Number one, I decided to start a podcast because I thought, well, I feel comfortable on mic. Let me see what I can do. I started a show called Build for Tomorrow. And then, a little while later, I was in talks to become editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And one of the things that they really liked about me over there is that I was good on camera, which meant that I could go out and I could represent the brand. And I could do it on TV, I could do it on stage, I could do it wherever they needed me to do. And that was all because of the work that I was doing at Fast Company with the video team. And so I get the job and I am, in fact, going out and representing the brand. And then we start talking about how we're going to start podcasts at Entrepreneur. Because of course, podcasts are blowing up. We should be there, we should be in that space, we should be serving that audience. Who knows anything about podcasts around here? Who's gonna lead this? And I said, I know because I've already been making a podcast. So let me start by making another one for you guys. We'll call it Problem Solvers. And then after that, we can start to develop new podcasts with other people on the team and even people outside the team in any way. Now let's step back and take a look at what happened here. At Fast Company, I was just a random magazine editor. I was just one of many people who knew how to make magazines. And that's fine, that's great. I was very happy and thrilled to do that, but I wanted more and I didn't know exactly what it was and I didn't know how to get it. And I had this sense that standing in front of a camera and being good at it, which is functionally opportunity set B, nobody was asking me to do it, would teach me something. I didn't know what though. And as it turns out, what it taught me, what it gave me was the raw skill set to apply to all sorts of other explorations of my skills. And that led to these podcasts. And that led to this great job that I have. And it keeps going because here, for example, with Problem Solvers, I make this show. I reach you. I develop this wonderful audience and this relationship with you. I also make more money for entrepreneur, which, of course, they really like. And... Over at Build for Tomorrow, I started to do all this crazy research about history and how change happens and what stands in the way of progress. And then those insights and all of that work gave me the material to go pitch a book, which I also call Build for Tomorrow, which was bought by a division of Penguin Random House and will come out next summer. So all of this stuff, all of it, and whatever comes out of those things, all of this starts with me just standing in front of a camera, not knowing what I was doing, because I just figured I could learn something from it. And that is work your next job. That is what it means. And now let's be done with me. We're done with me. I've heard enough of me. It's time to hear how work your next job has transformed other people's careers. So We're gonna take one more short break. When we come back, I'm going to play for you the audio that you heard little snippets of in the beginning. They are such great stories and they really show you how there are so many different unexpected ways that working your next job can pay off. Coming right back. We're coming to the era of efficiency. Alibaba.com aims to help their users spend less and sell more. With better experiences, less time-consuming, more reliable service to obtain higher quality and a variety of global sourcing, Alibaba.com makes global sourcing efficient and easy to use for any buyer especially for small or medium-sized businesses. As a B2B global e-commerce platform, Alibaba.com provides a much easier, flexible, and efficient way for online retailers to source various products from global manufacturers and other types of suppliers. With suppliers, fulfillment services, and easy-to-use experiences improving continuously, Alibaba.com has been ready to be the new source of business success for online retailers. For more detailed info, please go check out Alibaba.com. All right, we're back. So now let's hear how Work Your Next Job has transformed other people. And what you're hearing is the result of me putting a call out on my Instagram, at HeyPhyfer, back in March of 2021. I know I am airing this in September of 2021, it was a while ago. What happened? It was a crazy year. There are so many things that are backed up. You don't even know the half of it. But anyway, I've been so excited to share this audio with you for a while. I asked these women to send me voice memos, and uh, they did, and they're just so great. So here is the first one of working your next job from Rochelle Devoe.
1: I had just gotten my first job in the private sector. I had moved over from the nonprofit sector, running these big get-out-the-vote campaigns, and. I wanted a job within a company where I could get my foot in the door and make a living wage, frankly. I chose this job as a customer service manager, helping scale this company's customer service department because I had heard from people I knew that there were opportunities within this company to be an entrepreneur and really grow and that I wouldn't be pigeonholed into this position The problem was that I knew from day one of leading this customer service department and scaling it, that it was not what I wanted to do. And I knew that the more skills that I had in any one area meant that my future opportunities would probably also be in that area. And I did not want more opportunities to scale customer service departments. So I knew that I needed to develop skills for a job that I wanted, not the one that I had. I knew I wanted to do some form of marketing, some form of storytelling, and I knew that I really liked psychology, but I didn't know how all of that fit together. And then one day, I heard about this customer insights research that the company was doing. And being from the nonprofit world, that wasn't something that I had ever heard about before. I didn't know what it involved, but I sat in on some interviews to try and learn more and see if it could help me do my job better, but also just because I was curious about it. And immediately I knew that I would have the perfect set of skills to do what I saw being done. I didn't know that it would lead to a career. I didn't know where it would go, but I knew that I wanted to learn more about it. So I got some training on my own, read some books, read articles, listen to more recorded interviews that had happened previously, and I was hoping that I would be able to grow within the company and do this kind of work for the company itself. That's not what happened, and I ended up leaving the company and starting my own business doing skills that I had already developed, like marketing and messaging and writing sales copy and doing things I was comfortable with. But one day, while running my own business, Somebody reached out to me because they were asked to do customer insights research and they couldn't do it. And they asked if I could do it for them and have them watch over my work. And one thing led to another. That client loved the, the research that I did and referred somebody else for customer insights research. And it just kept snowballing. So, this skill set that was originally only one tiny piece. Of what I offered in my own company became the thing that I was known for. And I ended up joining an agency where I could be exposed to more clients and get even more practice. And the more practice that I've had and the more success my clients have had, customer insights is now the thing that I'm known for and really successful with. So just last month, this is just an aside, just last month we I had a client hit their Q1 sales goals within a few hours of launching a brand new product. I mean, in a few hours, they hit their entire Q1 sales goals. It was wild. And of course, that has to do with a brilliant and enormous team behind that product. But it's just one example of the power of what this new skill set has done for me, for my clients, and it just keeps leading to more success. But it's still in my mind, even today, that I have to continue to build skill sets for the future that I want, not just the present that I have.
0: And by the way, full disclosure, I have worked with Rochelle. Rochelle did this amazing audience insights research for my other podcast, Build for Tomorrow, which really helped me transform it and also led to the book that I just told you about a little bit ago that I sold. So thanks for the great work, Rochelle. And now, time for our next listener and working her next job. This listener is going to remain anonymous because she is talking about some things that are not exactly working, but that she is fixing. At the company that she
2: still is at. I was originally hired as an operations administrator, a title which usually consists of organizational administrative work, and that's usually it. And I think they were planning on further expanding the team. But when COVID hit, that became a pipe dream. <laughs> and I started seeing some major gaps in the business that no one seemed at the time able or willing to fill, which included things like communications planning, creating agendas for and leading efficient team meetings. That was something that I asked my, my boss if I could do because I just found sitting in those meetings so frustrating. Like we We talked a lot, but very little was actually said and done. And I just wanted to make a space where we could be organized and efficient and actually get somewhere with our conversation. And she was very supportive of me doing that. I created human resource and support documents, did some financial planning for the business, which was super necessary and also super scary for me to try and learn how to do. But we just we just needed it. And with that came budgeting, paying attention to ROI on non-billable projects, paying our taxes, which like just had not been done which was crazy. And so I had a lot of help from family members who were able to give me some instruction, but it was a very steep learning curve that involved for me a lot of frustration. You know, it's also been extremely freeing. When I started doing these things, it wasn't so much that I was hoping to change my career or really that I was curious. It was more just that it was what needed to be done. But I will say that it, it's helped rebuild confidence that i didn't realize i had lost when i was a little girl i was i was hustling from day one. Like I found a note that I had written to the tooth fairy that said, dear tooth fairy, I know you usually only give a dollar, but because this is my first molar, can you please give me more? <laughs> this has been my MO since day one. And then throughout my adolescence and young adulthood as a woman, I've, I really got the wind kicked out of my sails. I have to say, particularly in university, you know, I went to try to reclaim some of that empowerment as a woman. I, I I started taking women's studies, and I was just mercilessly bullied by everyone in my residence building to the point that I had to move out after a semester. And at one point in a university summer job, I was openly sexually harassed by a male coworker who literally grabbed my bum full on with both hands and squeezed it in front of a group of other male coworkers. And he was not fired or disciplined. (laughs) So that culture, I think hit me in ways that I didn't realize. I didn't realize like how much my confidence had been damaged by that. And so being in this position and being free and and really having to go and fill these gaps or else from my eyes we're in a dicey position here because of covid anyways. I love the company. I love my boss. She's extremely passionate, but she's not very numbers minded or or business minded. She just does what she does out of genuine care, which I just respect so much. And so I wanted to do it and I, and I did. But now I realize, oh, I'm still more than capable of running things when I need to. And that's kind of helped me realize that I actually want to.
0: Thank you to Anonymous listener for sharing that. And of course, not just sharing her work story, but her personal story as well. And it's a fantastic reminder and insight about something that has been lacking in this conversation until now, which is that focusing on growth and learning new things and challenging ourselves isn't just about building a career. It's also about building or rebuilding parts of us and making sure that we understand that we are constantly proving to ourselves how extremely valuable and capable we are. And here is one more story of working your next job.
3: Hi, my name is Erica Center, and I do land acquisition for Century Communities here in Houston, Texas. I got into this field back about four years ago because a, a friend slash colleague of mine had gotten the division president's position for Century Communities. They were new uh, to Houston, entering the market And, you know, him and I discussed an opportunity for me to get into the land department. He thought it was a good idea. And I said, well, what the hell? You know, you know my strengths. I'm good at pricing and positioning and I've done sales before. So if you think land is a good opportunity for me, I'll go try it out. So I started back in 2017. And I didn't know really what to expect. I kind of got thrown into development. And at the time, I was—I felt like I was drinking from a fire hose because it was so much information to learn. My degrees in marketing, I've never done land before, trying to learn all the tidbits of the development process of a piece of land. And then on top of that, I go out and network and find opportunities for our division to build on. Was a lot. And, you know, I stumbled a lot. I failed actually pretty miserably. Chris let me go within six months, which I don't blame him. And we always joke about it. I said, you know, Chris, I would have let myself go. I was in the wrong position at the time, but I learned a lot. And, you know, recently came back to the company last year in 2020. I guess Chris asked me to, because honestly, at the time COVID hit, my little startup company I was working for went out and I was just going out and putting de- deals together myself, doing everything that I thought land acquisition people should do and putting them together. But when I found myself, I take this role a little bit differently than most land acquisition people in that I don't just go out and network and hobnob and, and try to just find lots that for a division to meet goals. I actually uh, look at the process. I, I try to find the best pricing for our product so I could get the best pay, so the best return on the product. And then also, I try to have the highest margin. So I try to find, it's like a puzzle. I'm trying to find all these little elements to get everything exactly what the company should do and be. And that's not typical. And so uh, what I like about it is a challenge. And I, I tend to put most of the deals together myself. And again, it's it's a little different than what others do. But I do it because of the fact that I enjoy the challenge and I enjoy the opportunity to be able to do something I love. And honestly, it's just I have kind of made the role what I wanted to make it because I've had so many other kinds of roles to give me that experience
0: thanks to Erica for sharing that. And I love the nuance that this story brings to working your next job, because number one, it shows working your next job can be difficult and you will run into failures. And just because it doesn't work out the first time doesn't mean that it won't work out later. And then number two, I think that Erica's outsider status here has really become a competitive advantage for her because what she is doing now started as opportunity set B rather than opportunity set A. It wasn't that thing that she has come up in. It's not the thing that she was always focused on. And that means she had to figure out how to combine what she knew from outside of this role with the new things that she's learning. And as a result, she transformed herself into somebody who is just different in a really good way in this space. So those are three or four, I guess if you count me, ways in which Opportunity Set B can be so powerful. I just want to say it one more time. If you focus only on Opportunity Set A, if you focus only on the things that are being asked of you, then you will only be qualified to do the things that you're already doing. But if you want to go forward, if you want to explore what is next, then you just start. You just start with Opportunity Set B. You start by learning something. You start by trying something. You do not need to know where it goes. All you need to know is that you are growing. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Problem Solvers wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Monday morning and you don't want to miss it. And hey, be kind. Pass the show along to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost. And did you solve a problem that would be good for this show? Let me know about it. Visit my website jasonpfeiffer.com, J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com, where you can find my contact information and all sorts of other valuable info. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for all your entrepreneurship needs. And even better, subscribe to our magazine, which is just full of the smartest entrepreneurs solving the toughest problems. My name is Jason Pfeiffer, the editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Thanks for listening. And hey, let's go solve some problems.